Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the sixth episode of the second season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. And I'm Jordan, the group scientist. So before we get started, a couple announcements. Again, the Spooky Shop is open. If you go to ghost-encounters.com and click on Spooky Shop, there is Ghost Encounters merch. Uh, we just got our glow-in-the-dark hoodies. I love them. I love they them, They are too. so comfortable. The sleeves say hashtag stay spooky mm-hmm. on it. The Ghost Encounters logo glows in the dark. We had a photo shoot this past weekend. We did. Our- <laughs> with, our, with, our, with our hoodies together. It was a lot of fun. Another awesome announcement is we collaborated with the Colony Meadery, and we came out with a mead together for Spooky Season. So it's called Spooky to the Core, and it is a caramel apple-inspired mead. In fact, Jordan's drinking some right now. And it's freaking delicious. <laughs> I don't even like mead that much, but this is something that I could drink probably almost every day yeah it's it's delicious it's perfect for spooky season it tastes just like a caramel apple yeah it's light it's, it's, it's look, smooth it's not heavy yeah but it's 12 and a half percent so oh shit i'm gonna die <laughs> <laughs> no wonder i said let me get a glass of water too <laughs> also the ghost encounters episode at the perry mansion is out to watch now it's an extremely spooky episode you can watch it by going to our website ghost-encounters.com or on our youtube channel and we have a special surprise at the end of this podcast, uh, an idea that Jordan and I were bouncing around to do. Uh, so stay tuned for that at the end. This episode, we decided to do something kind of off the take of the last episode. So the last episode we did, we did different types of hauntings and ghosts. And there were some that we left out that we had in our list. So we decided to include those in this podcast episode specifically. And this one is an evil entities podcast episode. So Jordan has a very creepy evil entity to start us off with. Jordan, you researched Dibix. So Dibix are a malicious possessing spirit believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. That is twisted. Yeah. It supposedly leaves the host body once it has accomplished its goal, sometimes after being exercised. So the word Dibix comes from the Hebrew word evil, which means the act of sticking, and is also derived from a verb meaning to adhere or cling. They have all those like Hebrew words and stuff like that written online, so you can actually look up the verbs. I would never be able to say them myself. (laughs) (laughs) So in Jewish folklore, a dibbik is a disembodied human spirit that, because of its former sins, wanders relentlessly until it finds a haven in the body of a living person. Mm. I feel like it's they like take this and make it into like five hundred different like definitions. Yeah. So like online you could see everything. I mean all the every single definition scares the shit out of you. <laughs> but I mean they have so many different ways of explaining what a dibic actually is. But basically it is the spirit of something that was a human and yeah. it is trying to attach to a human again. Yeah. So it's a it's a possessing type of entity. Yes. Belief in such spirits was especially prevalent in the 16th and 17th century Eastern Europe. Often individuals suffering from nervous or mental disorders were taken to a miracle-working rabbi, 
who alone was believed could expel harmful Dybbuk through religious rape exorcism. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like the rabbi would kind of perform an exorcism. Yeah, see, this is like the part of paranormal stuff that me, I literally have to research everything because when it comes to exorcisms, I just like, think out of my brain. I just don't really like know too much about it. And that's a me problem. So I'm, I'm learning along with everybody else that's listening. Most frequently, the unfortunate person whom the Dybbuk possessed was a woman. The image of a Dybbuk, usually male, penetrating her body is both sexual and an illustration of the doctrine of opposites. Male and female, living and dead, pure and impure, all fused together in one human body. Jeez. Of course, today we talk about mental health, not in a way of like possession of yeah. Dybbuk's and all that stuff. But in times gone by, possessions by spirits was a common way of explaining behaviors. Like like I said in a previous podcast, like... Right, in our exorcism episode. Yeah, It was yeah. a way of explaining, you know, seizures and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's like religious coping. Yeah. Jewish women believed to be possessed by Dybbuk's wouldn't have been treated any better in Christian society. They would have been condemned as witches. So, like, no matter what they would have done, either way, you're basically screwed. Right. So it is no coincidence that between the 16th and 18th centuries, when fear of Dybbuk's was at its peak, the church burned to death between 300,000 and 1 million men and women oh condemned for witchcraft. Oh my god! Yeah, when I was reading all this stuff, I'm like, this is, all this information is just too good not to put in. Like, That's it's a lot so of deaths for this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Exercising a Dybbuk involved removing it from the body in which it had taken up residence and returning it to the world of the dead. The Dybbuk, of course, did not want to go. A dramatic, terrifying ritual is required and forces the spirit out of the body of the person. The ceremony was conducted in a synagogue in the presence of ten men who had purified themselves through fasting and ritual immersion. They would all dress in white shrouds in, in which corpse was buried, wreathed in prayer shawls, so I'm assuming they had, like, those shawls around their, their necks and mm-hmm. everything like that, with their head and arms bound with a sacred parchment worn in daily prayer. That mm. means that they were extra protected. Yes, they were. <laughs> yes, they were. The exorcist would address the Dybbuk directly, listing the offenses that the soul had committed during its human life, which might include apostasy, the abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief. Tailbearing, which I had to Google, mm. one that spreads gossip or rumors. Ah, uh, never heard that term means. before. Okay. Yeah. So suicide, murder, or ritually deviant conduct. The exorcist would both persuade and threaten the divic, which I would be scared to do. Right. Because like, as much as I don't. This isn't an entity believe, you can just yeah. like punch away. Yeah. Like as much as I don't fully believe in like demonic possession and all this this stuff, it's just like this is like really they like really are taking care of forceful way to go about it yeah they're like covering all their bases before they go through this whole thing and now they're like we threaten it (laughs) we get it out of there so with the divic fully aware of the trouble that it's in and it appeals it basically understands that there's a better place for it to go Mm. like it knows that it's not going to be able to stay in this person's body so it leaves a person's body and hopefully it ceases to exist they want to believe that it goes to the underworld, wherever, but right. most times it could find another. Body. It's said to find like another host, whatever you want to refer to it as. It was imperative that the exorcist remain strong-hearted, displaying no fear. Which, again, I'd be shitting my pants. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit was to leave the body only between the big toe and its nail. Oh. Any other exit might cause permanent damage to the possessed person. That's a 
That's very... Strange route to take. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah. Also, I feel like that would hurt a lot. <laughs> Lifting your toenail hurts. Apparently it causes the least damage. <laughs> yeah. The spirit was to be warned with threats against entering anybody else. There is no place for the world of the dead in the abode of the living. So all this information was found in Harry Friedman's book, Kabbalah, Secrecy, Scandal, and the Soul. That sounds like a good book. Yeah. it would like I got so much information, and I know that it sounded as if I was reading off the paper. You're absolutely right, I did, because it was just so much. And I felt like you needed to add all of that stuff in here. Like, yeah. it's so detailed. They're so careful, and they want to make sure that they do this right. It's not just like they're grabbing a Bible and smacking you with it. Like <laughs> yeah, they're right. literally making sure that they're ready, you're right. ready, everything is ready. They're, they're, they have very, very specific tasks they have to do in order to get this divic out and specific things that has to be done. For example, like the divic has to exit through the big toe. Yeah, under the, under nail. the nail. Like, like you know. It's very, very, very specific. Very specific. So continuing on, we all know about divic boxes. Mm-hmm. The definition that I found says that it's a wine cabinet which is said to be haunted by a Dybbuk. I've never heard of it being like a wine cabinet. I've seen like actual little like open and closed boxes. Yeah, usually I've seen like smaller sized boxes, like a cigar box or something. Yeah, exactly, a cigar box. Um, but I have seen the wine cabinet thing. Oh, cool. Um, and I've seen like smaller cabinets, all, all kinds of things. So I, I, technically it could be anything that closes, closes that has a Dybbuk inside of it. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some videos and stuff like... People actually sell these things online, and they're, yeah. like, covered in candle wax, and you have to, like, break mm-hmm. the wax barrier and everything like that. I'd be so stressed out. I'd be like, this is it. Like, I'm stupid. I'm well, do you remember? Box. Remember we were watching an episode of Paranormal Caught on Camera? Yeah, I love that show. And we watched an episode about Divix, and this YouTuber decided to buy a Divix box and open it for his YouTube channel just for the heck of it to get views. Yep. So do you remember? He had, he had this, like, box that was coated in wax on his table camera's looking at him and he has a k2 meter and the k2 meter is going off all around this box yeah there's nothing underneath this table yeah it's just going off right so then he gets that knife he as soon as he breaks the seal of that wax the k2 meter stops yeah Remember? yeah yeah yeah. it's it it's just completely stops yeah and so he, he keeps opening up the seal he opens the box there's nothing in it but there was like a cross in it or something right yeah there was like weird stuff in there and then all of a sudden like all the shit on his wall started yeah. falling off. Oh that gosh. was so creepy. Yeah, seeing the stuff fall as he's looking in the camera too. Like there's nothing like yeah. you can see his whole body in camera. So he's not playing a prank by trying right. to like get the and thing to fall. There's no one in the house. Wall. He literally runs yeah. out the house. Yeah, he's so freaked out. And then when he comes back, his house is like in shambles. Yeah, everything's ransacked. His lights are on when they were off and all yeah. that stuff. That was a crazy. Yeah. That was a crazy episode. Yeah, that's insane. I would be freaking right? out. <laughs> The box was recognized when it was auctioned on eBay with like a horror story accompanied by it. Mm. So I didn't know that its inspiration came from the 2012 film The Possession. I've never seen that movie. I haven't seen that either, but now I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Now I feel like it's, it's, I need to, I got to. The term Dybbuk box was first used by Kevin Manis as a description in the item information for an eBay auction. It was used to describe the item as the subject of an original story, but not the story from the film that we just said. Right, an actual yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. yeah, detailing supposedly true events, which he considered to be related to the box. Manus was a... I hope I'm saying his name right. Is that... Yeah. Did you oh. say Manus? Okay. Mm-hmm. Manus was a writer and creative um, professional by trade. He also owned a small antique and furniture business in Portland, Oregon. 
according to Manis' story, he bought the box at an estate sale in 2001. It had belonged to a Holocaust survivor of Polish origin who had escaped to Spain prior to her immigration to the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. The owner purposely sealed the Dybbuk inside of the box after it contacted her and her friends while performing a seance with a homemade oracle board. Is that a spirit board? That is a spirit okay, board. Okay. Yeah. Another name for it is oracle board, but pretty much spirit board, Ouija board. Same oh, thing. okay. Okay, cool. On opening the box, man is found, which is stupid. So we opened the box. Right. <laughs> he found that it contained two 1920 pennies, a lock of blonde hair bound with a cord, a lock of black brown hair bound with a cord, and a small statue engraved with the Hebrew word shalom. One dried rosebud and a single candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. And a small gold wine goblet. That's kind of weird. Um, All of the items supposedly used in Jewish folklore to exercise demons. Oh, wow. Yeah, interesting. That's a lot of stuff to have in this, like, wine cabinet. Numerous owners of the box have reported that strange phenomena accompany it. In this story, Manus claimed... He experienced a series of horrific nightmares shared with other people while they were in possession of the box. So I guess they all were having the same right. nightmares and stuff. That's crazy. Or when they stayed in the home, they also had, like when he had the box, yeah. like the, his guests would have these nightmares. His mother suffered a stroke on the same day he gave her the box as a birthday present in oh, October. Jesus. Yeah. Every owner of the box has reported that it smells of cat urine or jasmine flowers and nightmares and Involving an old hag accompany the box. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, old hag. An old hag yeah. haunting your dreams. Scary. Jason Haxon, director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, had been following like blogs regarding mm-hmm. the box, and then he bought it because he was so interested uh. in it. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote um, a book, the Dybbuk Box, and claimed that. Um, he developed like strange health problems, including hives, coughing up blood, head to toe welts. Oh. Then his wife experienced like bloody, like weeping blisters. After coming in contact with clothing he wore during a failed containment attempt, so I'm assuming he tried to close back the box right, and it didn't go right. His office also experienced the bursting of light bulbs. Upon removal of the box from the museum, Haxon had locked the box in the back of his truck, parking it in his home in the evening. Like, just like, get in there! Like, chucks this box in there. That's crazy that all of that stuff was happening all, like, around the same time that he brought this box into his life. So, like, how can you not think that it's the box? Right, exactly. Way too much of a coincidence. So, Haxton experienced nightmares of the hag-like woman. There she is again. Yep, not unlike um, Manus' claims. The final straw... For Haxton, while he and his son were watching television and his son noticed a black flame-like mass ew, oh in the room with God, them. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? You're sitting there trying to like live your best life watching, Just watching TV. TV and all of a sudden there's, all this, of a sudden there's this weird blobby black, thing. Ugh. smoky mass. Haxton consulted with rabbis to try to figure out a way to seal the Dybbuk back in the box again. Apparently, eventually it was successful. Um, he took the freshly sealed box, resealed box, and hid it in a secret location, which he will not reveal. Wow. Yeah. Like I said before, like, apparently these boxes are online to buy. I wouldn't buy one. I wouldn't. I don't suggest At your it. own risk. I mean, a number of them are probably <laughs> fake just to get them yeah. to buy it, but it's still, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. You really want that in your house? 
Hell no. Exactly. And online and it shows so many people talk about owning them and like opening them and scary shit happens like yeah. we just said. Like, like we talked about the episode of uh, Paranormal Con and Cameron. Like I never realized how many forums and like blogs and everything you can find from this stuff. Like because when I thought of Dybbuk I didn't even know it was like a spirit inside the box. I just assumed that it was like something else. Like when we watched that show and we saw mm-hmm. Dybbuk box that he was opening it. I just didn't know that there was so much behind it. Yeah there's a lot more behind it. Yeah, literally the spirit is trapped inside these boxes. Now, obviously, if you open it up, it's going to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't and you be pissed if you were locked in a box? Yeah, it's like waiting, like, and now that They're you already know, evil. Yeah, and now that we know, like, it's waiting for somebody to, like, take over yeah. and, like, do malicious things to, obviously you're going to be the first thing that it sees when, it opens, when you open the box. <laughs> exactly. It's terrifying. That's absolutely yeah. terrifying. So the next one we're going to talk about, I looked up, um... I looked up Elementals. Which I'm super excited to hear about because we had to cut this out of the last podcast because the last podcast was way too long. Very long. So, but I'm... this came up in a previous episode, and I'm going to talk about that place. It came up in Leap Castle because there's an oh, yeah, elemental yeah. in Leap Castle in Ireland. The British Isles are very famous for evil elementals. The scary evil elementals are known to lurk and terrify unsuspecting people. Most individuals and paranormal investigators don't even realize that there exist in the world evil-minded nature elementals. Overall, elementals are nature spirits that have existed long before humanity. Most folklore talks of elementals that are quite vile and lurk near ancient ruins and burial mounds. Now, as we know, Britain is full of ancient burial sites and is a perfect place for these kinds of elementals. Furthermore, elementals such as these often have a bizarre appearance. Frequently, these creatures are usually a mixture of animal with human-like facial features. Not only that, but parts of them are reported as looking like decomposing flesh. Ew. Yeah. For example, the evil kinds of elementals exude an incredibly bad odor. Additionally, another trademark of evil elemental is its piercing eyes that look incredibly malevolent and follow your every move. I'm kind of disappointed in that because I thought that elementals would be pretty. No, they are I disgusting. I wanted them to be pretty. Nope, they are absolutely gross. Yeah, they're horrible. They're rotting, decomposing, yeah, and they've got scary, malevolent eyes creature, and all this crazy yeah. shit. It's this half-animal, half-human, decomposing creature. It's, they're terrifying. The British Isles has had its share of elemental sightings and elementals that haunt particular locations over the centuries. For example, one such place is Leap Castle in Ireland. This ancient and evil elemental has even been given a name at oh, Leap really? Castle. Mm-hmm. The remains of Leap Castle are nestled in Cool Derry, Ireland, high atop a crag. Built in the 14th century, Leap Castle is said to house its own version of an elemental spirit nicknamed It. That's never good. Nope. Notably, the appearance of It was first documented around the 13th century by a local priest. It seems that subsequent generations of families at Leap Castle have had to deal with the infamous and vile Elemental. This is pretty spooky. I wasn't expecting to be spooked out by Elementals. I told you. I thought, okay, this is not how I thought this was going to (laughs) go. Just continue. Leave me here with my mead. By the early 20th century, Leap Castle was purchased by Jonathan and Mildred Darby. Mildred Darby had an avid interest in the occult. More specifically, she experimented with... A Ouija board and similar activities. Stupid. Yep. Mildred was destined to have an unpleasant encounter with the odious spirit of it 
In an article Mildred wrote for the Occult Review in 1908, she described her own encounter with the frightening elemental. This is what she said. I was standing in the gallery looking down into the main hall when suddenly I felt something by me. The thing I saw was about the size of a sheep, thin, gaunt, and shadowy in parts. Its face was human, or, to be more accurate, inhuman in its vileness. The lust reflected in its eyes, which seemed half decomposed in black cavities, stared into mine. Ew. The horrible smell, which before offended my nostrils, became 100 times more intensified and came up to my face, filling me with deadly nausea. It was the smell of a decomposing corpse. Oh my god. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, there's another encounter um, that I want to share about a different elemental. Um, this is Joffrey Hudson's encounter. Joffrey Hudson described an encounter with a classic elemental in 1922. This sighting occurred in the Hilly Lake District in northwest England. This is what he had to say. After a scramble of several hundred feet up a rocky glen, we turned to one side to the open fell where it faces a rock crag. Immediately on reaching the opening, we became aware with startling suddenness of the presence of a great nature diva who appeared to be partly buried in the hillside. Moreover, my impression was of a huge, brilliant, crimson bat-like thing which fixed a pair of burning eyes upon me. Additionally, the form was not concentrated into true human shape, but was somehow spread out like a bat with a human face and eyes and with wings outstretched on the mountainside. Shockingly, as soon as it fell itself observed, the beast flashed into its proper shape as if to confront us. It fixed its piercing eyes upon us and then sank into the hillside and disappeared. Spooky. Imagine seeing a huge bat-like creature with a human face that's like trying to hide but staring at you and as soon as you notice it, it like... I don't want Shows you exactly what it is and just disappears into the rocks, rocky hillside. I don't want to. It sounds like the Jersey Devil or something. Yeah, shit. right? <laughs> Another thing I don't want to see ever. <laughs> ter- I've, I, I, I've never seen one. I've never heard of anyone seeing one, but these stories exist and primarily They in give just you the like, willies. Yeah, like, but prim- primarily in like England and you yeah. know, that kind of area. That's scary. Ireland. Yeah. Spooky. They're very spooky. <laughs> Should we, should we should we take a little break? Yeah, and, let, me, uh, let me chug my mead. <laughs> <laughs> chug some of this spooky to the core mead as we're spooky. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a short break and uh, sip some mead, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Colony Meadery. If you haven't tried mead yet, it's alcohol made from honey, and it's the fastest growing alcoholic beverage in the United States. It's all natural, totally gluten-free, and delicious. And one of the best meaderies in the world is right here in the Lehigh Valley. Heading into their 10th year this fall, the Colony Meadery has two locations, 905 Harrison Street in Allentown and 211 East 3rd Street in the heart of Bethlehem Southside. Stop in and try a flight of meads, grab some bottles or cans to go, and experience some of the best booze in the world. They've got flavors ranging from tart and quaffable lemon laws and Wu-Tang Crayon to cinnamon vanilla series of tubes and even the sweet heat of their mango habanero. Learn more at either location or at colonymeadery.com. Ghost Encounters podcast and show is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their expert social media marketing, photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. 
If all you spooky people are enjoying the Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe and give us five stars. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. The Spooky Shop is now open for Ghost Encounters merch. Visit ghost-encounters.com and click on Spooky Shop. And we are back. Uh, Jordan, this next one we are going to talk about, I have never in my life done really any research on these, but you have. Yeah, I was able to do and listen to some stories about this next topic. So go ahead and announce the next entity we are talking about. We are going to be talking about doppelgangers. The only thing I really know about doppelgangers is that they're like a copy of you or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like we always refer to them like, oh my gosh, I saw your doppelganger today. Right. You know, it looks just like but you. But there's these things that actually exist and it's probably not good if you see one, right? No. We'll get to that though. Okay. okay. All right, I'm here excited. we go. <laughs> so doppelgangers are an apparition or a double of a living person. In fiction and mythology, a doppelganger is often portrayed as a ghostly or paranormal phenomena that usually is seen as a bringer of bad luck. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Here we go. Down the bad luck little tunnel. Here we go. Other traditions and stories recall a doppelganger um, with an evil twin, which is what I see all the time when I'm in research. You yourself listening. are a twin. Yes. So what was it like reading kind of about this? Like eventually as we go, I actually have something in my notes to bring up, but I can bring it up now. Like, no, just bring it up when you, when you have it. Okay. But I'm just curious, like... Because doppelgangers are like a copy of you, uh, yeah. a twin or something, but you actually are a twin. So yeah. it's like interesting to have you be the one yeah, to Yeah, I know. And then they talk about this. like an evil twin. I'm like, I have other stuff that I have to say later in this podcast. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, it just creeps me out. The whole like doppelganger thing. Like and thinking that there's somebody else like, or like a part of you out there right. just is so creepy. Yeah. So creepy. Because you, you can't explain that kind of shit. And in modern times, the term twin stranger is occasionally used. Mm. The word doppelganger can often be used in a general or like neutral sense, like we talked about, like it's like slang right. to describe any person who physically resembles another person. According to ancient legend, a doppelganger isn't just someone who resembles you or a twin with their own identity. It's literally a duplicate of you. Oh. Many mystics believe that doppelgangers are supernatural creatures and their appearance in someone's life is almost never a good thing. There are real accounts of people seeing their doppelgangers and things almost never end well for them. Oh. So while I was researching extra hard for this podcast, (laughs) I found this story um, and it was really, really creepy. So... One popular story is when Abraham Lincoln saw his lookalike in 1860. What? Yeah. He supposedly saw his reflection doubled in a mirror with one face beside beside the other. Oh. He saw this three times in his wife, Mary Todd, who we know was uh-huh. like really interested in, in like spiritual yeah, she like was. stuff. Yeah. Was worried that the vision meant that he would serve two terms, but would die, but he would actually die before the end of the second term. Well... Yeah, so that's so basically he's seeing his doppelganger, reported seeing his doppelganger, and then turned up dead. Wow. Creepy. So here are some other things people believe about doppelgangers. Seeing so the first thing is seeing your doppelganger is an omen of death. Jesus. Which I'm pretty sure there was a doppelganger like segment, like a little touch base on it in Ghost Adventures. 
where he said mm. like if you run into your doppelganger basically yeah, you're gonna so. die yeah. i think i think i did hear that in there too um doppelgangers give malicious advice so they supposedly attempt to purposely give you bad advice in any sort of malicious way they might also try to plant sinister ideas into the victim's head scary um, if someone else sees your doppelganger, they might be very sick. So it's a sign of like someone being right. ill. Your doppelganger is a ghostly double that lived before you did, which like gives you ideas of um, reincarnation, yeah. which is another big thing. Um, that it's your spiritual double, which we already talked about. It is your evil double from the underworld. Oh. You know, evil twin. Yeah. Um, even a portrait of a doppelganger can be bad, a bad omen. And lastly, it's a sign of an alternate universe. Oh, okay. So like you could get really deep into talking about right because then now you're talking yeah. about universes yeah. intertwining and yeah. Wow. Believe it or not, scientists say that statistically every person has roughly six doppelgangers out there in the world. Oh my god! So like we said, I'm a twin. So like me, my mind always goes to like because I'm a twin, I already have a doppelganger, right? <laughs> like you know. But like in reality, you could have like me and Taylor could have. Other people that look exactly right. like us. Wow. That's terrifying. <laughs> I think just two of us is enough. And then you no, gotta have. That just means there's more beauty in the world. Aww. <laughs> You're so damn cute. <laughs> now my face is blood. Now she's all blushing. I don't know if it's the, the, what I said or the mead. Both. <laughs> it's both. So that means that there are seven people with your face, including you, out there. Doppelganger stories go back hundreds of years, so many stories can be found online. Um, people have these crazy and bizarre experiences all around this subject. Yeah. While I was doing some research, I found, I actually found it on Pinterest, which I thought was really weird. Okay. They have like a story segment that you can click on and open it. It's like a big blog. So um, I'm taking this directly from this link. The story goes, one night when I was nine years old, I woke up around 3 a.m. and saw my mom standing in the doorway of my bedroom. Something wasn't quite right. Something about her was off. She looked pale and almost see-through. She was standing there in my doorway, staring at the wall. Mom? I asked in a worried voice. She started moving towards my bed very, very slowly. And the whole time I was asking, Mom? 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 But she never answered. When she finally reached the head of my bed, she reached out to me very, very slowly, and just as she was about to touch me, she suddenly vanished. I immediately freaked out and scrambled out of bed in a panic. I ran to my parents' room, and when I opened the door, I saw both of my parents lying in bed fast asleep. To this day, it still creeps me out, and when I remember that thing coming towards me, very, very slowly. Wow. <laughs> That's so, like, I couldn't even imagine, first off, I'm such a, like, I'll get startled so easily, and I'm a light sleeper, so, like, if I open my eyes and I see my mom or anybody standing near the room of my, like, door, at the end of my bed, anything like that, I'm jumping up out of bed. Yeah. Like, you're not startling me to, like, to stillness. (laughs) Like, I'm freaking out. Whether you're there or not, I'm freaking out. So, another story from the same, um, blog goes... I was 10 years old and I was playing hide and seek with my older sister in the backyard. When I finished counting, I started to look for her. I was surprised to find her crouching on the garage roof. Oh, that's a red flag. Crouching on the garage roof. She was just staring down at me and grinning from ear to ear. 
I thought it was strange and yelled at her to come down. She didn't move a muscle. She just stayed there grinning down at me. And then I heard someone behind me ask, who are you talking to? I turned around and my sister was standing there. To this day, I have no idea who or what it was crouching on the garage roof. Our house is over 50 years old and a long time ago, someone apparently died in a fire in that garage. You can still see the burn marks in the old wood. Oh my God, wow. I know that like when we were talking about doing this like in this podcast and talking about doppelgangers, I you were like, are they like scary? Are they like creepy? I didn't know if they were and I was like bad I or see, evil or, yeah, or what? I see so many stories online about them like smiling sinisterly at you and then God. you you go outside and your mom's like picking flowers or right. some crazy shit and like all that creepiness or they're chasing you there there was a doppelganger story I read where they're chasing this doppelganger chased the Fuck one girl that. out of the house. Yeah. Insane. Uh-uh. There's stories you... If you really want to go down a rabbit hole, I know I say this in every freaking pro- podcast, but literally doppelgangers, you could go down a rabbit hole and really freak yourself out reading stories. Yeah. Oof. I can imagine. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> so the next one I'm going to be talking about, um, I actually thought of this because someone I know started talking about this to me is what made me think of it, and I will share that later on. It's kind of a little surprise at the end. Yeah, surprise for me for once. Yes. Yay. Um, but I'm going to be talking about jinns. They could be spelled J-I-N-N or D-J-I-N-N. There's different spellings for it, but they're jinns. Muslim mythology includes angels and also the spirits known as jinns, which are described in the Quran to be able to interact with people despite being made of a smokeless fire. Jinns are known for having free will and for being either good or evil like humans. The word jinn comes from the Arabic jinn, a plural noun that means both demons or spirits, and also literally hidden from sight. The word genie also shares the same Arabic root. Oh, cool. In common folklore, jinn are capable of assuming human or animal form and are said to dwell in all conceivable inanimate objects, stones, trees, ruins, all kinds of things, and underneath the earth, in the air, and even in fire. They possess the bodily needs of human beings and can even be killed, but they are free from all physical restraints. Jinn delight in punishing humans for any harm done to them, intentionally or unintentionally, and are said to be responsible for many diseases and all kinds of accidents. Oh, wow. However, those human beings, knowing the proper magical procedure, can exploit the jinn to their advantage. Jinn are considered part of Al-Kahib, or the Unseen as invisible entities with abstract definitions, belief in them manifests differently between communities and individuals. For instance, while some Islamic scholars agree that jinn are capable of possession, others do not. Still, in both, the past and present stories of those possessed by jinn are not hard to find. Exorcisms, which can involve reciting the Quran over a person or more rarely physically beating the jinn out of them, are performed in some circles on those thought to be possessed by jinn. Despite being condemned by mainstream Muslims, uh, people who partake in the latter believe that the pain is not felt by the person who, who the jinn occupies, but the jinn itself. And while reading the Quran is a popular exorcism method, jinn links uh, possession predate Islam. The Arabs of pre-Islam invented a whole set of exorcism procedures to protect themselves from the evil actions of the jinn on their bodies and minds, such as the use of beads, incense, bones, salts, and charms written in Arabic and Hebrew 
or the hanging around their necks of dead animals' teeth, such as fox or cat, to frighten the jinn and keep them away. So these oh, wow. predate Islam. That's how far back these entities go. The two most famous jinns are probably the Muslim devil, Shaitan, and the jinn in Aladdin's lamp. Yes, actually, the, jinn the genie from Aladdin is considered a jinn. Interesting. So the word genie comes from the word jinn. As we know, the genie in Aladdin is a kind of shape-shifting, smoky-type entity that is living in a lamp. Interesting. And by rubbing the lamp, you are then exploring the genie to your advantage to get three wishes, blah, blah, blah. This is where this uh, all comes from. Oh, interesting. That's so cool. These are two powerful exceptions. Most of the time, jinns are portrayed as invisible tricksters who whisper, confuse, and change shape. Interesting. So I have a couple stories that people wrote uh, about jinns. Uh, someone said, One time my mother-in-law was sitting in her bed. She looked over and saw a woman sitting in the chair next to the bed with long, pointy fingers and a face with very sharp angles. She was so frustrated and annoyed with the jinns, they see a lot in their house apparently and are no longer afraid of them, just more annoyed, <laughs> that she reached out and grabbed the jinn by its wrists. Oh shit, she a baddie. She yelled, Get out. I am tired of you. Get out. It started to try to pull its wrist away and eventually tried to bite her hand because she wouldn't let go. She pulled her hand away before it bit her, and then the gin vanished. Wow, what a toughie. Yeah, this, yeah that was a bad She was bitch. ready to bitch slap that gin. <laughs> she was done with it, shit. Um, another story. At my boarding school, we had a few cases of bullying. In one instance, a bully broke a chain on a student's neck. As soon as that happened, the girl started to speak in a male voice while her body contorted in strange positions. Uh, it said it was a jinn and had traveled from a faraway place. Meanwhile, the bully's tongue swelled and almost oh prevented God. her from breathing. Long story short, the teachers were called into the room. Apparently, her parents knew and had gotten the chain for her daughters from a shaman to hold the jinn in. Oh, my God. Right? Sorry. That creeped me out. Another story. This happened when my grandfather was Egypt's ambassador to Spain and was living in Spain. I was two years old at the time. My mother said she would see me standing by the staircase constantly talking to someone, and when she would put me to bed, I would stare out the doorway, say, tech, 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 tech. Later on, my grandmother mentioned to my mom that she thinks I might be seeing spirits in the house, and when we were talking about it, my grandfather said that the TV in his room turned on and off sporadically, and sometimes could see shadows running across the balcony through the slits of the blinds. My grandmother said that it's known that little children and animals can see spirits, so when they saw me talking to something, they assumed there were spirits in the house, and I was the only one who could communicate with them. Another story. You know, I was excited to hear your stories, and now I'm <laughs> and now you're, to get now you're spooked. <laughs> Another story. My great uncle went to visit uh, his cousins in India. His cousin told him that since it was summertime and they would all sleep in the courtyard together, however, they told him he wasn't allowed to place his bedding in a particular corner. Apparently a jinn slept there and strange things would happen if anyone disturbs that corner. My great uncle said it was nonsense and decided to sleep there anyway. One night he woke up on the other side of the court. He laughed at first and thought it was his cousins who were pranking him and decided to sleep there again. The following night, the same thing happened. So he left a note next to his pillow saying, Stop pranking me. I know there is no gin. That night, 
He said he was pushed off his bed and the bedding was thrown on the other side. A note was thrown into his lap which said, I sleep here. Oh, I'd be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> First off, if a corner is said to be a spirit's corner, let it Jordan's not messing with let the corner. It the corner. <laughs> Leave let it baby in the corner. Yes. Um, and another story I want to share. Uh, it says, my mother was visiting her parents. While she was praying in her room, she heard her mom laughing at her in the doorway. After she finished praying, she went to her mom's room and asked, why are you laughing at me earlier? My grandmother replied, I've been in bed for a few hours now. I wasn't laughing at you. My mom concluded it was a djinn trying to distract her from her prayers. In the same house, you could hear footsteps walking through the house and might feel someone sit on the bed while you were sleeping. No. I also used to have one in my bedroom. Every night around 3 a.m., I'd hear this old lady crying. We lived in the corner apartment on the top floor, and I couldn't find out where it was coming from. I thought it was coming from under my bed. It got so bad that I had to stop sleeping in that room. That'd be me. I'd be like, fuck you. You'd These are all stories here. of apparent gins. Um, Those are good stories. Places. Yeah. Those are really good stories. But here comes my surprise. <gasps> so when I first heard about gins, I was getting my first tattoo done by Jay Cooper oh, really? from Steel City Tattoo. Oh, that's awesome. He is the first person I heard gins about. Cool. And so I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I should pick his brain and have him on the podcast. Oh, cool. So I went to his place and we had a short discussion about gins and about his encounter with a gin. Oh, sweet. That's so cool. So here it is. So I'm here with Jay Cooper from Steel City Tattoo. He is the best in my opinion, tattoo artist in town at Steel City Tattoo in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He's done all of my spooky tattoos. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. So while you have been working on all of my spooky tattoos that I have, um, you have always mentioned gin. And it just so happens that on this podcast, we are talking about evil entities. And one of the ones that I'm talking about are gins. So I was like, I, you know what? I have to have Jay Cooper come on. And talk about gins because you've actually seen one and have captured a picture of one, which is very rare. Right. Yeah. Um, so, what can you tell me? Well, the picture, I believe it to be a gin. Well, from what it is described as in the Quran and in other uh, literature, the picture that you have just is just a perfect. I would say, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, I didn't introduce each other, but yes, I would say, <laughs> yeah. say it's from all the descriptions. I would guess. The most, you know, uh, anything I could think would be that would just describe it the best. Right. As a gen- um, or genie or whatever they are. Yeah, so could you briefly um, just talk a little bit about gins and what you have experienced personally with gins? So the picture that I took, I believe, from talking to the person, that, the other people that were in the photograph, um, the one girl had had... A neighbor and the neighbor was a Haitian guy and then they didn't like each other or whatever and then one day she said that he just yelled some stuff at her and like Haitian mm-hmm. kind of like in a hex kind of way or something right like she was like cursing her because I was asking her if she ever had an experience or whatever and she was going, no, no, no. And I'm like, are you sure? You've never had any kind of like paranormal experience or anything. And she said that she had one time had woken up and she was like floating above the bed. So I said, well, that's probably 
uh, an experience. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, well, what about this picture? What do you think? What does this mean to you or whatever? Right. And she said, well, I did have a neighbor and he had like cursed at me in Haitian or whatever. So then I was just looking into that and the the more I read about Haitian voodoo or just voodoo in general, it all stemmed back to King Solomon and then that's when I started finding out about the jinn and stuff like that. Right. Where he, because most magic and magic practitioners, they all learn everything from King Solomon. Or it's from his findings or whatever. Even Crowley used all of King Solomon's right. stuff to release the demons and stuff. So, that's just what I deducted. Did any, uh, did any harm come to this person that's in the picture? I think that Jen, so, just like all entities... I think the majority of them have a choice to be negative or positive. Yeah, I've read that in some research about Jinns. They kind of are free-spirited free, entities. Free will. Right, free some will God, entities. Some don't, just like humans. Right. But Jinns even date back to pre-Islamic Arabia and have apparently been spoken into the ears of scholars and poets and things like that and that's right. how they wrote their writings um they whisper yes they whisper i've had whispers yes oh yes. really yeah and, and it was weird what did it say i've had stuff where one thing i believe and i've read on or whatever and they say so if you have no spiritual awareness that's when a jinn or any kind of entity can just come and leave you right. and I feel like that's one of the major things that jinns do, especially like the mischievous ones. They'll they go into your mind or whisper into your ear, and you think it's your own thoughts. Yeah, there's been a number of reports like of jinns whispering or jinns tricking people. Yes, into things or you know making them kind of go a little bit crazy. You know. Yes, I think it was when you were giving me my first tattoo. <laughs> um, you said you actually saw jinn. In the air, I had seen. Um, I was at my friend's house, and we were at his house, and we went outside, and I was I was just smoking a cigarette, and then he walked inside, and this was like because before all, I started realizing like spiritual entities. Mm-hmm. I would always thought it was aliens. You know what I mean? I always mm-hmm. thought aliens was like that's what's going on. Or whatever. But then once I had this experience, I'm about to tell you, that's when it kind of flipped where I was like, oh, it's demons, maybe. And then right. the demon thing went into, when I took the photograph, then it went to the gin thing. But anyway, I was outside of Ocean City, Maryland, and I went out on the deck and I was smoking a cigarette. He walked inside and I was looking at a star. And But in my mind, and this is what I never told him at the time, is that in my mind, I just, I said, I haven't seen anything in a while. And then that's when this thing actually appeared. It was so weird. And it was about this size in the sky, and it was right at the star I was looking at. So at first I thought it was like a um, pelican or something. Uh So we're at the beach, and sometimes there's big pelicans that fly. It's nighttime, though, so I didn't know. And I'm looking at it, and then it's kind of coming towards me, and it's... It's getting a little bit bigger and it's kind of like an oval shape, but it also looks like it's like writhing. 
or shape shifting or something. Okay, as Jin like, are said to do. Right? Interlocking like uh -huh. type thing, right? And it's kind of so it's starting out like this, and it's kind of making this arcing left to right arc. And then as it's doing that, I'm just going, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and I'm starting to look really freak out. Yeah. But it's like that typical thing, like in a horror movie, we're just like staring at it. I think right. I just chopped my head off. I don't yeah. know what it was. <laughs> and then it makes this banking flying turn, and it like it wanted me to see it. It was so weird. Uh -huh. As it banked like that, it kind of banked like this, and it was probably from here to, I don't know, maybe where the heavy bag is there hanging, yeah, maybe 10, 12, really close yeah. to me, and it was, I don't even know how wide this room is, maybe 12 feet or so, and as it flew over top of my head, it made no noise or anything, so typical to like a UFO type mm -hmm. thing, you know what I mean? Right. But the only difference was it had this torn, like, Reaper's cloak on it. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was so terrifying. <laughs> and, it, and I'll never forget, it was like, it was like a slow motion in a movie. Uh -huh. Like, as it just flipped. So that it wanted me to see that it was like this, it was had like a cloak on. It was so crazy. And then when awesome. it did that, I was like, what the f <laughs> I screamed, and I ran inside. I was like, there's something in the sky. And I was... And then my buddy gets up, and he's like this kind of like, you know, real, uh, realistic mm -hmm. in the reality type person. Doesn't believe in ghosts or nothing like that. You know, it's in the hip hop kind of yeah. like that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. But he was just like, "What?" And he gets up and he runs <laughs> outside, and he's like, "Where, where?" And I just point, and I was like, "What does it look like?" Because I couldn't even understand what I was looking at. Right. You know what I mean? And he just goes. It looks like a flying metal Batman. Like, it was transforming. That's and like, weird. Yeah, it was so bizarre. That's crazy. Yeah, like, it started to make the shape of, like, a ship. <laughs> it's <was laughs> the craziest thing ever. And then we just watched it until it, like, flew, you know, out of That's sight. Nuts. Yeah, it was really crazy. But wow. I'll never forget that image in my head, and it's always kind of, like... Made me realize at nighttime anything would be fine over top of my head. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just, like, I don't even know, you know what I mean? Like, straight up horror movie type stuff. <laughs> He's so funny. So he actually even, so that's his story about seeing a djinn in real life in real time. Yeah. And he actually even captured a photo. Stop, get the of hell a djinn. out. Um, but he tells me that um, th this girl that he knew, um, her neighbor kind of like texted her. Oh, shit. And he took this picture, and it's definitely what a gin freaking is described as to look like. I'm gonna show you this picture right now to see your I'm reaction. Scared. I'm scared. Ready? I'm scared, I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Oh! What the hell? Notice this smoky like figure with this like. I don't know, orangey redness. And nobody was in was, the house with them. It was just them two. It, it was whoever's in that picture. It was just them, and you could see like there's no like other like blurriness or anything in the picture. It looks like, like the thing from Stranger Things. It looks freaky, right? Ew, that looks so freaky. Yeah, Man, that food looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that is so I'll, scary. I'll have this photo on um, within the pictures for the podcast, and then uh, you'll be delighted to know this. But uh, his daughter was right there. And she tells a story. This goes back to the last podcast episode. Okay. Um, they both actually share a story how they both have seen the Hat Man. Stop. Yep. Get the hell out. Okay. I'm paying attention. 
So I have to ask all of my guests, what was your first ever ghost encounter? The first ever ghost encounter would be... I was very young, so let me think. I would say probably four or five years old. That young? Yeah. Wow, what happened? So I've always had experiences. Um, early on, I would have night terrors. So I had night terrors a lot mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And then I would have... Not only would it be like... They were kind of like panic attacks. And some of it was sleepwalking. But I'd also have... Um, I would see things. So I would see like... Um, like shadow people. Mm-hmm. Which the shadow people are kind of... Supposedly connected to the djinn. So they... I don't know if, if you've seen the, or heard a description of a shadow person. Yep. The last podcast episode we were just talking about shadow people slash the hat man. Yeah. So they wore hats. And I never knew other people saw that. Apparently there's this whole online thing that people are sharing their stories about seeing the same exact type of shadow yeah. people and things yeah, like that. it's kind of like the, the Men in Black thing or something. Just a silhouette of a man, but it looks like yeah. a silhouette of a guy with a hat on and a... Trench it, coat. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you don't see any of that. Right. It's just It's, just, it's complete, just like a shadowy figure. It's really weird looking. So, I mean, I know you were and young, I don't know why they present themselves like that. Who knows? But that's, so that's what you saw. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> Did you see it a lot, or uh... I saw them several times. Yeah, yeah. A lot of t- most of the time it would be. So for me, I believe uh, entities to be negative if they are bothering you when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So like when I if I'm sleeping in a deep sleep, and then I wake up and something's there watching me or whatever. Right. A lot of times the the men in, or the shadow person or whatever would just be watching and when I would look at it it would walk away reportedly the same people that I've seen this have reported the same exact thing they kind of just look at them and finally when they look look back the shadow man or whatever it is kind of just walks out of the doorway or walks out of frame it's very interesting so Jay who do we have here hanging off your shoulder this is my daughter Presley Cooper (laughs) (laughs) Presley uh, have you ever seen any entities yeah I was at my grandparents' house in Ocean City, and then I was looking outside the blinds, and then I saw a shadow person, and they had, like, a really tall hat, like what my dad said. So you also saw saw a hat man? Yeah. (laughs) Very interesting. So many people have seen this hat man. Did did you kind of get scared? Yeah, I was crying. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Was he really tall? Yeah. Yeah? See? Were, were you thing. sleeping and it woke up? No, I was just looking out there. Oh, you were just looking out the window? Yeah. And then this other time I was laying in my room with my sister, and then I glanced over and I saw this guy with like this really long, like, I don't know what it was. It was on his face. And then this really tall hat again. But it wasn't like the same. It was like a beak, like a duck. Oh, weird. Well, did it look? Was the first have, one have I've you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen the image of the plague doctor? No. I'm gonna show you an image. You tell me if this is what it looked like. All right. Kind of something like this. Kind of, but the hat was really longer. Really long, but it had the same kind of beak. Yeah, in front. The beak was also longer. And where was this at? It was in my room. <laughs> That's crazy. Right next to my mirror. Wow. Very cool. 
Well, thank you both <laughs> so much for coming on the podcast. I yes. appreciate it. Awesome. And I'm sure I will see you again for another uh, spooky tattoo. Definitely. <laughs> speaking of speaking of the tattoos, I'm I've been curious. Mm-hmm. And of all the ones that you've done, so for the listeners who can't see, I have a Grim Reaper, a spooky sheet ghost, a, a creepy pumpkin, a death tarot card, a Ouija piece, some spell books with creepy candles and a gin coming out of them, a full moon with bats. Which one is your favorite that you've done? My favorite has yeah. got to be the last one. Yeah, with the gin. That's yeah. Last, okay, very good. So it's the spell books with the candles yeah. and the and the gin coming out of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I really like that. Everyone needs a pet gin. <laughs> <laughs> If it's a good one. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or if it's a bad one, you just stick it on someone else. <laughs> that's what, I think that's what makes you a great tattoo artist is that you kind of, you, you put your own, right. you put your own stuff into it, you know, you make it your own, and you yeah, kind of just thanks. freehand did that at the last second, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to add a gin here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? I thought that was awesome. Yes. So, thanks again for coming on, and thanks hey, for being thanks a for coming great over. tattoo artist. Anyone listening needs a great tattoo, go see uh, Jay Cooper at Steel City Tattoo. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, hell no. Out the window and you see the hot man? I'd shit my pants. I'd be right? like, ah! <laughs> she was so cute to have on. Thank you both for uh, being on the podcast. And uh, um, like I said from uh, when I was uh, recording with Jay, he's an awesome tattoo artist. If you, oh, absolutely. If you're in the area and you need a great tattoo, Jay Cooper is the man to go to. He did like a Steel bunch City of Jeff's tattoo. tattoos. Yep. Jeff is covered in tattoos, so yeah. most of them are probably Jay's. So. Yeah, I think so. And my whole um, spooky half sleeve is done by Jay yeah, Cooper. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. we always, Every time he tattoos me, we always get on the subject of like, of course, the paranormal of and course. ghosts and all this stuff, you know what I mean? So it makes the time fly and... You know, before yeah. you know it, I have this awesome tattoo. And he put a gin on my last tattoo. What the hell? Really? Where? So, oh, wait, you showed me that. Yeah, so he decided to do that last second and just kind of put this creepy gin coming out of the oh my God. the smoke and flame of the candles on top of the spell books. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome to have them on the podcast. I knew you'd be surprised. I know. I was super excited. surprised. I didn't think you had a picture. I had no idea you had a picture. I had no idea you had, like, formal interviews with both of them. Nope, it was a huge surprise for you because I wanted you to be to be shocked and spooked. Yes, I, w- I was spooked. That picture spooked me to the core. Speaking of spooky, uh, this was mainly Jordan's idea, but we were kicking around the idea of having fans write to us to share their own spooky stories so before the end of the podcast on each episode we're going to have uh spooky fan stories uh you can email ghost stories at gmail.com and submit your stories you can message us on social whatever's easier for you and we can put that link in yep we can put that email in the that link episode. that email will be uh in the episode description awesome and jordan i think you should start us off with our first spooky fan story i will all right, so the spooky fan story I got from one of my friends from work, who I previously used to work with, my good friend Abby, whom you just met. Yes. So she's Abby, so funny. Abby and Justin <laughs> are so funny together because they literally like it's almost like a rap battle of jokes and riddles. <laughs> so they just they they will send one and then the other one will send one back, and it's almost as if like who's gonna die off first? And it's 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 so hysterical. They get along fantastically, and they have only met in real life once. It's hysterical. So, um, so this will be her spooky story. So Abby, I hope you're listening. I know. Oh, I know she's listening. Oh, she definitely is listening. Who am I kidding? She's a super fan. Yeah. All right. So Abby's story goes, 
Okay, so when I was in like middle school, maybe even high school, something like seventh, eighth, or ninth grade, my friends and I from the neighborhood spent an entire summer addicted to the Ouija board. Oh no. I know. This is going south. She knew I was gonna say that she was stupid too. (laughs) (laughs) So we would literally sit even outside in the daylight, outside my parents' house, and play with this thing like every single day. Starting off with us asking stupid, immature questions and then gradually got more intense than just yes or no questions. And it would start delivering us random messages. Oh no. So one of the friends that would play with us was super into crystals, witchcraft, and tarot cards, you know, stuff like that. At first, which I like, it's just so funny. Like, why do witch witchy people have to be into crystals and tarot cards? Like, it's so funny. They're so, they have like this little, like. Don't even, you have a tarot card deck. And I do. you would read us our tarot cards. I do. I like reading yes. tarot cards because it's interesting. But like crystals, like what, you want me to put a crystal on my forehead? No, but you know what? I wear uh, specific crystals when I do investigations to protect myself. To, I know so that. So entities don't attach to me. I don't bring them home. <laughs> also Stay our Stay friend... where the fuck I'm investigating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also our really close friend, Bree. She did an investigation with you at the Sun Inn. She held crystals the she whole had crystals. time. <laughs> I remember in the blooper footage, she literally dropped a crystal and she's like, I'm oh, sorry. So that was loud. like <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to the story. Um, at first we thought she was moving moving it like so she means that like moving the planchette yeah and trying to freak us out and to try to get us interested in the stuff that she was into because we really weren't into that kind of stuff one day we started talking to this spirit who identified herself as gretchen she didn't give us too much information about herself like age she just said she was a young girl so we never thought she was our age but we still were suspicious that it was our one friend the witchcraft right who was doing that yeah who was doing this There was a day where the friend couldn't come and hang out with us for some reason. So we got the board to see if it still worked, and sure enough, it did. We still got responses from this spirit, Gretchen, and eventually we immediately were just like, we want to talk to Gretchen and summon her again. (laughs) Imagine being like a greedy little kid, like, I'm going to talk to Gretchen. This probably went on for a solid month or two, and she would answer our questions, but sometimes she would send us somewhat dark messages Nothing violent or anything. Again, I'm just remembering this now off the top of my head when I realized you would be interested in hearing this story. I just remember it being weird messages and all of us staring at one another a couple times wide-eyed. We're all stupid enough to ask this spirit if she was real and how do we know if she is real. So she wrote out this long number and we all were like, is this a phone number? She said, yeah, it's my phone number. Call it. And we're sitting there like, what? (laughs) I can imagine Abby being like, Get the fuck out. No way. <laughs> so they were like, what? Um, how are we going to be able to call it since this was a dead spirit? An entire week went by and we got the balls to call the number. So we let our one friend who was into the tarot cards and crystals and stuff call the number. I just remember her getting the old school cordless phone that couldn't be far away from the house since it would get all the interference because it had to be by its base. <laughs> remember, cell phones weren't a thing then. I remember her calling the number and pretending to be PPL and using this horrible British accent in case it was someone we knew so that they wouldn't recognize her. We really thought it would be nothing and they would say, nope, no Gretchen here, sorry, wrong number. But we got this older lady and we asked to speak to Gretchen regarding her PPL bill. This lady goes silent and we thought she hung up, but she loudly said, who is this? And there... (laughs) And we were like, um, and then at that point, she clearly knew we were teenagers. And she is like, what do you want with Gretchen? 
and she got really nasty and we could hear her yelling through the phone with us standing next to our friend who was on the phone with her. She went on some tangent that was barely coherent about Gretchen being her dead granddaughter and she was demanding to know who we were and how we knew her. I think she kind of assumed that we sounded around the age of her granddaughter when she died. But something she said led us to believe that this girl was dead for years. So anyone that was friends with her would probably be adults by now. So this lady was raging on the phone, so our friend just hung up. We prayed the lady wouldn't call us back, so we sat there looking at each other like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. It shocked the shit out of us that that would even happen. We didn't touch the Ouija board for months after that. So then Abby told me that months later they had this sleepover and they tried to use the board again. And they wanted to get in contact with this, the spirit Gretchen, but they never could get like her to come through the spirit board. Right. And it was funny because she referred to it as a big ghost fuck you to us because we didn't <laughs> believe her. <laughs> that's crazy. That's they insane. give a phone number and that's they call insane. it and it's the freaking uh, grandmother. Yeah, that's Holy insane. That like, crap. It, imagine sitting there, this thing spelling out numbers and you're just like, what is this like? Right. Am I looking for a location? What is this? And then they were smart enough to figure out it was a phone number. And then to actually have, like, after you say who's Gretchen and to have a lady basically say, what? how do you know Gretchen? How do you know my dead grand- granddaughter? Like, that's insane. That is that's insane. That's crazy. That's a cool story. Yeah. When she told me, well, she told me a different story, which I'll say on a different podcast. And that's it. And thank you, Abby, for giving us that yes, story. Thank that you was, very much. That was a chilling one. So the second story I have will remain anonymous, at least for now. It's another spooky fan story. Yep, it's another fan story. Hello, all who are listening. This ghost story involves the possibility of seeing a doppelganger. Oh, it goes up perfectly with just what we were talking with your stuff on doppelgangers, what we are just talking about. Exactly. Fantastic. So years ago now, I was still living at my mother's house. I had a series of experiences about seeing my twin sister when she wasn't actually there in a certain part of the house. The first time I was yelling to my sister about something while turning to make my way up the stairs to go meet with her. I stopped yelling when I saw her cross by the top of the steps walking into the bathroom that was found also at the top of the steps. I remember being like, why the hell am I yelling if you're right here? So I huffed walking into the bathroom only to find the room was empty. Turning around, my twin sister was standing there in the hallway confused. Why are you standing here in the bathroom? She asked me. And I was like, I literally just saw you walk in here. And she stared at me like I was crazy and explained to me that she was really across the house in my mother's room. Oh. Ironically, the second time I thought I saw her was when she walked into my mother's huge walk-in closet. Again, I followed while still yelling about something to her. Funny, always yelling. (laughs) Um, This time, I stood in the closet yelling at her, asking her where she went. To which she replied, I'm downstairs where I've been this whole time. Oh my god. I ran as fast as I could downstairs, thoroughly freaked out that this situation happened to me for a second time. Now I have since moved out and I frequently stop in to see my mother and sisters from time to time. Before a party at my mom's house, we needed to go run some errands. My twin sister told me at work earlier that day that she also needed to go with us and to make sure she was awake from her nap when I came over. As my mother and I were getting ready to go, she called up my sister. Are you still coming with? We waited for a couple seconds later and we did hear a very normal and loud, no, right back. So imagine you're sitting there, you're right. getting the answer from your would-be daughter you, right. in her voice. You're asking, hey, are you coming there to, saying no? Yeah. So. Shrugging, we left not thinking anything of it, just assuming she was tired. Later, 
Later on, when we returned to my mother's house, my twin sister was sitting at the table looking annoyed as ever when she saw us with bags in our hands. What the hell, guys? I told you I needed to go too. My mom and I just looked at each other oddly before laughing. You must have been dreaming when you answered us then, my mom started to say, putting stuff away, thinking the conversation was over. I still stared at my twin sister, hoping to holy hell this wasn't about to get spooky. I had a feeling that it was about to go there. Mom, what are you talking about? I haven't spoken to you since I went into my room. I had my air conditioner on, so if you guys asked me anything, awake or not, I wouldn't have heard you. I laughed worriedly before saying, we both heard you say you weren't coming with us. At this point, my mom got really quiet and my sister spoke. Well, I guess it must have been my doppelganger then. Oh, no. Ah! I wonder if this person knew the other doppelganger instances that that happened. So, I just want to spill the beans here. This is actually my story. Oh my god, I knew it. This is my story. I was like, twin, (laughs) this is is your story. This happened to me and Taylor and my mom. Well, it happened to me and Taylor a couple times. And then my mom, this was actually right before our Shark Week party, where we heard Taylor literally say... No, I'm not oh, coming with recent. you. Yeah. No, I'm not coming with this you. This was this summer. So he came back. Taylor was pissed at us. Taylor yeah. was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you told me that like I'm going with you. I need my shit for this party. And my mom was like, um, we heard you say so no, that you're not coming with us. And then Taylor was like, well, guess who's my doppelganger then? I was like, that's nothing to joke about. (laughs) Spooky. Cause like I've been telling her for years, like every time we doppelgangers come up, like in podcasts that I listen to, it freaks me out to the core just for the simple fact that like, I literally walked into rooms thinking Taylor was going to be in there and and to see nothing. That's crazy. Yeah. And then my mom's like, you know, naturally, cause she has to spook me out even more. How do you know that's not you? How do you know you're not following your doppelganger? Oh my like, god! I don't want to see my doppelganger. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Apparently, cause... when you could die if you see it. <laughs> so yeah, those are my two spooky fan stories. I those just wanted are... to throw a little fun one in there. Yeah, those are mine. great. I love that you have your own with with uh, doppelgangers. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Abby, again, thank you for uh, sharing your spooky story. Again, any everyone listening, uh, please send in your spooky stories for us to share on this segment of the podcast. Email ghostencounterstories at gmail.com thank you all so much for listening we greatly appreciate you um, and we can also leave the stories anonymous like if you don't yes, want your you name want your or your name location or anything, or anything in there just as long as you specify anonymous. yeah you have to like literally say I prefer to be anonymous maybe refer to yourself as like an initial or something like that so that I know that you want to be anonymous because if you don't specify clearly I'm probably going to name drop you unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just make sure you're very clear when sending in any any emails yeah and I've been getting a lot of comments on social on our social channels recently and people have some episode ideas so again share those ideas and all that kind of stuff too and we'll give you a shout out at the beginning yes exactly well unfortunately I think it's time to go for this episode yeah I'm spooked <laughs> as always I was spooked last week but like doppelgangers freak me out I think it's time to just go drink some more spooky to the core mead. Yes, let's drink some (laughs) more mead. Everyone stay spooky. And don't buy a Dybbuk box. Please.